1: Chase Thomas Podcast. The Chase Thomas Podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate I already hate it. I hate it. Alright. It's Friday. The last podcast before the host of this very podcast goes on vacation for a week. Yeah. It's gonna Ayo. be great. I'm gonna I'm yeah. gonna love it. I'm gonna love not doing a podcast or not working. That's yeah, gonna be great. I'm, I'm sure it's gonna <laughs> go great. Uh, but this is the Atlanta Sports Guys, and we are all here finally back to normal max markovich is here he wanted to make a little bit of time out of his busy golfing schedule to partake (laughs) in the podcast a little bit max good afternoon or actually good morning rather how are you
2: good morning to you and the the people just got to hear about about uh nate mcmillan's
1: wrongs (laughs) you're gonna hurt garrett's feelings i think and that guy laughing (laughs) over there is garrett chapman who is also here Garrett, good morning
3: good morning good morning how you doing man
1: not too bad, not too bad. Got my black coffee. I'm good. How do you guys take your coffee?
3: Oh, black. I Actually, coffee sounds nice. I, I should have made myself a cup before I jumped on.
2: I'm I just had a sip of my uh, Dunkin' Black coffee as well, so we're we're firing away.
1: Dunkin' Black? <laughs> you don't put anything in your Dunkin' Black coffee?
2: Nope. Iced coffee, I do, do a little bit of cream, a little bit of sugar, but not hot. Yeah, hot, co- hot coffee needs to be black.
1: I agree. This is amazing. I did not know that we would all be on the the black coffee brigade. My uh the lady has this like authentic uh honey that we got in Asheville. That's oh. a, now that is a game changer getting a little bit of honey in there. That is uh not too bad, not too bad. What makes
3: honey authentic? Uh that's the real uh, like, question. Like the, the, you know,
1: it's like <laughs> the the fake stuff. It's not uh did really Do you mean com- organic? Uh, probably, I guess. <laughs> authentic cuz I mean honey is honey, right? <laughs> no, no, honey is not so it comes honey. from bees. <laughs> no, this one's like straight from the bees. Like I think maybe the the way they got it was um, they made sure straight from the hive. Like they, they got it right out of there, straight into the garden. <laughs> they just really, really made sure that there was no other chemicals involved in the process. I don't know. They're
3: just standing agreement with the bees. That's yeah,
1: <laughs> they understood where the honey was going, how it was going to be processed, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's a very uh, ship-shape uh, situation over there in Nashville. They they know what they're doing. <laughs> they have a good connection with the with the bees. Um, <laughs> that's what people forget about Asheville. It's a great bee friendly area. Um, guys, do we we have to start with the Hawks, right? We we have to start with the Hawks. We have to start with the series being tied one one. A fan getting banned for life for spitting on Trey. Um, not a great look for fans this week. Uh, the other fan uh, dumping popcorn on Westbrook. Um, What do we, what do we make about game two Garrett? If you had to summarize the difference between how game two went for the Hawks versus game one, how would you do it?
3: Uh, clutch shots way, way down the, uh, in the end of the game. I mean, look, I mean, Trey young comes back into the game should have been in sooner, which I, I think we're going to jump in on. He should have been in at the 10 minute mark, but he didn't come in there. But then, he comes at the eight-minute mark. The Hawks are down, I think, 10, I think, is something like that at that point. Hawks go on a 9-0 run. And after that, the Knicks make it, make a couple clutch baskets, and then they double up Trey. Trey then distributes the basketball like a true point guard does, and Gallinari and Bogey and DeAndre Hunter. None of these guys can hit a damn shot. They could hit water if they fell out of a boat. It was the worst, the worst shooting performance that I've seen from the Hawks probably – since March, or beginning of Mar- or February, since Lloyd Pierce was here, it, it was just such a miserably frustrating fourth quarter. And it, honestly, that's really the biggest thing for me. I mean, look, you got to hit shots. I mean, th- I think everybody not named Trey Young, Trey Young went five. He was, he was four of eight or something, four of seven from uh, from three point range. And fifty percent of your shots were coming from three. But everyone not named Trey Young went like something like eleven of thirty seven, or something. Uh, uh, Long at 9 of 37. It was miserably
2: bad. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.
0: Everyone's experienced the pain of dropped calls and internet outages, especially working remotely this last year. So here's the question. If you're the telco company, how do you help create better experiences for customers? Simple. ServiceNow digital workflows can help solve network problems faster and provide real-time status updates so customers aren't left in the dark. That's probably why ServiceNow workflows have helped telco companies see an increase in customer satisfaction. But proactive customer communications only have the battle. With a single view of your back, middle, and front office operations, ServiceNow workflows also eliminate silos, keeping teams more in sync and more productive. With our scalable services, companies assure a better experience for both customers and employees on a single platform, the Now platform. So how do you help provide a better network experience for customers? With ServiceNow for telecommunications to help streamline network operations. Whatever your business is facing, let's workflow it. ServiceNow.
1: Yeah, it wasn't great. It it, it wasn't great. Um, Max, do you agree with that assessment?
2: Yeah, I mean, I I think it's worth stepping back probably and and saying uh, if you'd asked us if if, uh, we'd take a 1-1 split in the first two games at MSG um, coming home, I think we would have. And I also think especially when when we could have lost both of these games, Uh, we could have won both these games. We also could have lost one of these games. So 1-1 feels fair. Um, I'm I'm pretty frustrated with uh, Nate McMillan's rotations, and, and we can get into that if you want. Um, but I actually think the games were pretty were pretty similar overall. Things kind of mm-hmm. fell apart. I was looking at the game logs. Um, things kind of fell apart basically at the same time in the third quarter of both games. And one game, <laughs> Lou Will saved the Hawks, and one game, Lou Will buried the Hawks. <laughs> um, and I don't really want to live and die by Lou Will, so... Um yeah, I, I, I think you have to think that John Collins will show up for game three, like arrive at the arena and, and put on a, a uniform, but you know, you can't count on that anymore. Um and I think you you have to expect that Bogey and Gallo in particular will will shoot the ball better. Um so I'm Don't leave out Clint Capella. He doesn't get any excuses uh, dude, I, either. We gotta talk, on the defensive we gotta talk about side, Yeah. We gotta talk about Clint Capella because he's he's getting absolutely beat up by Taj Gibson. He's getting beat up. Oh yeah. And like yeah. I, I, I didn't see that coming at all. Yeah, I actually, I thought, I thought Clint
3: Capello was going to be more of a force. I mean, on the defensive side of the ball, I mean, yeah, he's he's been he's been fantastic. I mean, he had five blocks on on a, on Wednesday. I mean, the guy's a stud on the defensive side of the ball. But look, four points just ain't going to cut it. I think he had five field goal attempts or something like that. Like that, that's just inexcusable. He's got to get the ball and he's got to put the ball in the basket. We need him. That double double machine, he was critical for the Hawks in the regular season.
1: I mean, that was the concern we had in game one, though. Like, I was texting you guys about it, where I was like, I don't understand the point of playing big when our bigs are not playing big. (laughs) I don't understand the (laughs) point of any of this. Like, I understand uh that this is how we've played all year and you want to live and die by that. But, like, I was to the point where I just, I don't know why we weren't. I mean, Gallo was not hitting anything, but at least he was trying on Julius and was making it a little bit difficult. So I would have done probably Deandre and Julius at the three and four, maybe Collins at the five, but it was to the point where it's like, there's no point in us going big cause going big is just, uh, it it's just not working.
2: Well, it doesn't help. Go ahead. I, I think, I, think you, I mean, you have to ride Capella. If, if he, he took, if he took zero shots and by the way, he took, he took 12 shots in 71 minutes. Lou will took 15 shots in 25 minutes. First. Two games. <laughs> um, no, you have to play Capella if he if he literally was an offensive zero because the defense sort of falls off a cliff without him, uh, almost no matter what. And, and I agree. I, I mean, I've been stunned kind of how well uh, Gallo's been able to hold up on Randall because um, the size has really bothered him. But I don't think you can ride with Gallo or Collins at the five for any real prolonged period of time, mm-hmm. um, especially because Collins just looks kind of weak down there. Um, he, I don't know. He, he's he's really frustrated me, uh, and I, I expected more from him. But I don't know. I, I think I think you can't. My, my big picture takeaway is the Hawks need to stop go away from going ten deep to this extent. I mean, they're they're really like they played a Kongu for a bit. I don't think you can really do that. Uh, they played Tony Snell a little longer than I think they should. Um, they got to ride their horses because their horses are better than the Knicks' horses. Like like R five against their five. But um, I feel pretty good about. It's just the rest of it. Well, you have three silly fouls from John Collins
3: to start the game. I think I think he had three fouls in three minutes of gameplay. That's what? <laughs> You've, you, I mean, you're you're fighting for a damn contract and you put up zero points. You go over, in the, in game two uh, of the first round, that's that's ridiculous. Uh, that's just inexcusable. Over, of two from from uh, from three, and he didn't take another another shot. It, it's just. It's so frustrating to watch John Collins play. I mean, 15 minutes, I, damn. And if you're Nate McMillan, and if you're Nate McMillan, he's got five fouls. Play him at the end of the damn game and see what Agreed. he can do. I, I mean, my God, what's he going to do? Foul out? He's not playing anyway. So <laughs> I mean, if you're not he
2: fouls out, yeah, exactly. If he fouls out, it's shit. the exact same thing. He's he's not, he's not there. So you know, put him in
3: the damn game. <laughs> like I mean, it's just, it's just ridiculous. God, this whole game was just so frustrating it was so frustrating to watch. I mean, Trey young can't do this by himself and, and bogey. If he hits, if he doesn't go two of 13 from three, the Hawks win this game. Uh, it's just, and I think things are going to change tonight. I, th- I think, the, I, I think that the Hawks will benefit from coming home. I think everybody not named Trey young was a bit rattled by Madison square garden. Trey young just feeds on that crap and he loved it. And I, I think, I mean, Jack, I mean, he's he's a stud. <laughs> I think he's proved that that he is he is the leader of this team, and this is his squad. Um, he's really stepped up, and I think I think when they come home tonight, I, I honestly, I mean, what do we have? One, uh, 11 in a row here at home. I, I'm confident that the Hawks will get back on back
2: on track tonight. I would I would love to be a fly on the wall in the John Collins contract negotiations this off season, and just have him. Like he comes to the table and says, "You know, I think I deserve a max." and uh, they come back at him and say, "You didn't score in game two of a playoff game. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what are we talking about here?
3: I think somebody's going to offer them that, that that max contract. Somebody will, somebody will, and then the Hawks are not going to match it.
2: It's been tough. It's been uh, as as a premier John Collins uh, stand over here i'm I'm the one on this podcast who's advocated paying him. It's been a tough couple of games.
3: Yeah. And I think it, I think he especially will turn it around tonight, being at home back back in the in the confines of, of State Farm Arena. I think he'll do a little bit better tonight. I, you have to hope. Yeah, I, I mean, agree. you, you no really idea. have to hope uh, because if he doesn't turn it around in games two, three, and four, then I I, I, I worry
1: for the Hawks. I don't know, man. I I, I just wonder what the big time adjustments are going to be because I think Julius Randle figured some stuff out last night or uh, two nights ago. I think he was never going to play as poorly as he did in game one. Um, I'm wondering about the minute stuff because, like, did Rose play 37 minutes the other night? He's,
3: that's, it's unsustainable. 30, 30 but what played. I'm saying
1: is, like, he's he doing that and, like, he's obviously at the tail end and he's injury riddled and all that kind of stuff. But, like, Nate's, <laughs> Nate just saying out, matter of factly, that these guys cannot play 35 plus minutes a night is, Silly. The it's only person ridiculous. I would agree with that is DeAndre. He's coming back from injury. Maybe you want to be extra careful with DeAndre. That I would understand. I would understand the hesitancy with overexerting DeAndre Hunter. However, there is no reason to not overexert Trey Young, Bogey, Capella, and Collins. I don't uh, I don't understand that line of thing. And there needs to be more pushback there. They're just like, well, no, this is literally why... Uh, a team got knocked out in the playoffs last year. Uh, a former Hawks coach got knocked out in the playoffs last <laughs> year, and uh, Mike Budenholzer. Um, they're not doing that this year. If you look at how the Bucks are playing, like they are not playing that ten-man rotation, not limiting Giannis's minutes. Like they are just like we're gonna go pedal to the metal and we're just gonna blow out the Heat. Um, Nate is done a bad job, I think, thus far. Like he has not been a good playoff coach thus far. Um, this was a concern I had. I think he still has time to turn around, but if I had to say who made more adjustments and who was better prepared for game two, it's Tom Thibodeau, and it's not even particularly close. And that concern, me. Yeah,
3: see, I, I, but th- that's the thing. Like, I, I, can't, I can't agree with that necessarily. I mean, I can't lay it mostly on the feet of Nate McMillan because, look, the Atlanta Hawks are getting open looks. He's not the one out there shooting the basketball and bricking it every opportunity he gets. I mean, 8 of 37 is inexcusable. Absolutely inexcusable. I mean, you're not going to take 50% of your shots if it's not part of the game plan. That's how the, that's how the Nate McMillan and the Atlanta Hawks are going to beat the Knicks. And look, and if you're not going to hit your shots, then uh, and my God. I mean, uh, this is the fourth well, quarter it's not about run. that
1: though. If the shots aren't falling, you still live and die by those starters in the playoffs. Like, that's the thing. It's like, he no, you're has, right. to, no, he has I agree. to push the buttons that he can control. And that is something he can't control. He can't control those open looks to go in, but he can't control who is in to take them. Yes.
2: And, and, and just to add on to that, uh, you know, Trey, Trey Bogey and, and Capella are playing 35 minutes uh, a game through the first two games, um, which is about on par with what they were playing at the end of the regular season. For context... Basically, every other superstar in the playoffs is playing more than that. Giannis is playing 38 minutes. Dame's playing 41 minutes. Kawhi's playing 40 minutes. PG's playing 40 minutes. Luca's playing 40 minutes. Booker's playing 43 minutes. A- Aiden's playing 39 minutes. Davis is playing 39 minutes. Like, this is, like we're the only ones. Trey's the o- Trey is the only superstar in the playoffs, besides, I think, Jokic, who's playing less than, like, 37 minutes a game. Um, and so I think it's just kind of an abject failure if he doesn't play at least 38 to 40 minutes of the game tonight and again going forward like he's he's the best player in the series and it's not even remotely close right now yeah. um and so he, you know if we have the best player and we have home court we kind of have to press that and we can't act like this is like the last week of the regular season just trying to get through it like nate's been
1: yeah i I don't know. Like, there's also no concern. Like, the difference between the Bucks last year and the Hawks right now is that the Bucks were like, "Oh, we had this amazing regular season. We want to save ourselves to get through this gauntlet in the bubble." Like, you could understand a little bit of the the thinking there. The Hawks aren't playing for a championship. They're playing for playoff experience. They're playing for building for the future and setting the precedent of like, "This is playoff basketball. I have to do this, this, and this," and getting Trey and Collins and Bogey and getting their feet wet. Um, you had the Sixers waiting for you. The Sixers are probably going to suit the Wizards. They're going to be fine. Joel Embiid's just right there. Ben Simmons' is just sitting right there. Like, you're going to get curb stomped. Doesn't matter. Just beat <laughs> the Knicks. Like, you're waiting for death anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, just drive off the cliff going 40-plus minutes for your starters and see what happens. But if you go down to the Knicks in this kind of Knicks team that's just not as talented as you because you were hesitant to overexert your starters that got you here in the first place, I just—I— I, I that's that's inexcusable, and you should not be brought back as head coach of the Atlanta Hawks.
3: Well, Can I mean, you? go ahead. See, I'm, but on the flip side, like I'm looking at, I, I just want to talk
2: about Derrick Rose. I don't want to change the subject necessarily. So, Max, go ahead if you if you have something on this. No, I was going to change the subject because I want to talk about Trey for a minute. <laughs> okay, I mean, I so just want, I just want to acknowledge Trey. Yeah, of
3: course. All right, so I'm on the flip side. So Derrick Rose, the the guy playing Trey Young. So that'll be your feeder. That's your bridge, <laughs> but. The guy, the guy put up thirty nine minutes. He went nine to 21 26 points. That's just it's absolutely unsustainable. He went two of three from but three, are we sure he's not a three point shooter for four it, five yes. games. Yes, yes, he's not gonna do it. He's not gonna do it. I mean, did you see him in the fourth quarter? He looked like he was he was stretching and moving around, and he was gimpy at, at times. Look, this guy, I I love Derrick Rose. I love Derrick Rose. He's a great player. He's a great story. He was an, an absolute baller before that injury, but he he got hurt. Badly, numerous times, and I just don't buy that he's going to be able to put up almost 40 minutes a game in a playoff series. I, I just don't see how that happens. I, 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 I just can't buy it.
2: My, my thing with the Knicks is more that like they've kind of just defied their level of talent all year, and so I'm, d- I'm kind of done being like Alec Burks, like he sucks. Like, what's he doing scoring 27? Like one, like, it just happens. Like it's, it's, just happening. Like the Knicks are not talented and yet they're really good. And we just kind of have to accept that. Um, but we can still beat them because, and, and this is kind of what I want to talk about was just like, man, we've talked for like however many, what is it? Was Trey's third year? Um, yeah. We've talked for three years now, like this narrative, like the back and forth, like, Oh, like is Trey a winning player? Like we've had this discussion and like, I'm not calling out chase cause he's not <laughs> the only one, but like, it's just been this, like, annoying drag when, when he's been surrounded by terrible teammates of, like, oh, he's not a winning player, he's selfish, he's just trying to get his, yada, yada, yada. Like, I, I love that he came out in these first two games and just stomped that. Like, like it's, it's so clear to me that, like, he's just kind of built for this. Like, he loved the MSG stuff. He came out absolutely firing in both games. Um, and honestly was, like, really in control, too. It wasn't like... Oh, he was just hitting everything like he was he was getting the offense going. He was throwing one handed left handed passes to the corner for open threes like he was making the right decisions. He's getting in the lane a lot. He only took three threes in game one um, and then came back and hit four threes in game two. I just think it's it's uh, no matter what happens, like the rest of the series, it's it's a really, really encouraging sign that Trey came out and just kind of shut up all of the, the sort of doubt about him. That one
3: picture of him, like, when he's inbounding the ball and it's, like, just over, like, you're looking at the fans and all of them are in his face. And he's just looking back, looking at him and just smirking. (laughs) (laughs) After he just dropped a 30-piece. Oh, God, that's badass. I love that.
2: (laughs) I would love to hear Chase's thoughts uh, without using the word Luca at
1: all. (laughs) I wouldn't. Like, we were texting, like, the the floater... um, The game winner, like they ran the same pick and roll three straight times and they just didn't, the Knicks didn't have an answer for it in game one and Trey just calling out like the fourth quarter is a different side of Trey that we haven't seen before and for him to just be like, yeah, this is, this is over. I am ending this. Was cool, and they're not. Uh, he's surviving on defense, uh, but also because of the the guards that they have. I mean, he's surviving, but it's not like he is just playing above his pay grade on defense. Mm-hmm. And quickly, and Rose, uh, Rose for sure, um, played really well. Um, I, I don't know. I think Trey has been solid. Like that whip to Bogey at the end of game one was awesome. Um, he, like Max said, he has been in control. He enjoys this kind of hatred, I will say, and I don't know what you guys perspective on this is. So I've seen a lot of Hawks fans very annoyed about, um, and we were texting about this too. Like the, the game one play by play guy was uh, very much uh, in on the Knicks winning and everything. What I will say is there is clearly a difference in fan intensity. And there is something different about Madison square garden being full and Raukis and just everything that was involved there. Like, excuse the spitting, that stuff sucks, and it some of the chants were kind of lame. But, like, it is a different atmosphere where they were all in there living and dying by their team. Now, Atlanta tonight will not be like that. There might be more Knicks fans in phillips arena tonight I'm not calling it you know not. Farm. that's a strong possibility <sighs> yeah right like that is a have <sighs> we've all been to hawks games when the knicks have been there right
2: yeah but can we talk about this for a second because i think um that the hawks have this like weird thing where and i'm sure you guys have been to hawks playoff games in the past where the fans kind of show up for for playoff games yeah and, and in a way that like you may not expect and like, we haven't played the Knicks yet I, I went to the Wizards series I think I went that's to what the, I was gonna
1: say we haven't had the Lakers the Celtics, Wiz- the Celtics the Knicks, 08 yeah.
2: series um but it hasn't been like Lakers Knicks so I will be curious and I am definitely nervous about that but I, I also have this weird confidence that like this Hawks fan base is kind of energized right now like this is fun this is more yeah. fun than, than any of those like mediocre six seeds that we had back in the yep. day wow. or honestly it's, it's kind of on par with I think at least on par with the 60 win team in terms of just excitement. Um, uh, yeah.
1: I don't know about that.
2: I completely agree. No, no I completely that agree. That team was going to win the title either. So People it was kind of the
1: finals. Kevin Arnovitz had a whole thing on the, that 61 Hawks team to make the NBA finals. I mean, they were a number one seed,
2: but the peak of that, that excitement was like mid season. When things January. were like rolling,
1: they, were they um, the whole player of the month was the entire went, starting lineup. Well, when yeah, they went,
2: went, yeah, cause they went 19 and 0 in January. The yeah. only team ever in history to do that. And I think the peak of this team's excitement is right now um, hmm. and just like Trey kind of just like becoming who he is um, and like all of that and, and what it means for the future and God, all these, all these exciting and guys. I don't know. <laughs> I,
1: I couldn't agree more, actually. No, that, that's, uh, yeah, he was he was fun. He was big. He could do a pick and pop. Was a dog. He was a Love me some para. Hope he's doing well. I, I think
3: Max actually hit it on the head though. Like honestly, the, this 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 team is super exciting. And and I think Atlanta is a bit energized. Like I, I was I was walking around Midtown the other day and I was like I saw or I was driving through Midtown, I should say, I wasn't walking. Well, I no one walks in traffic. No one walks in Midtown. no one walks in No one walks in Atlanta.
1: But whoa, whoa, whoa. I was Hold driving on. through. That's not true. The Highlands, my laptop <laughs> <That's>
3: grounds. <highlands, laughs> I walked true. everywhere. If you're on the Beltline maybe, but <laughs> No. What? No, I have friends. I have friends who live on the Beltline. And they still they still drive everywhere. But
1: They're part of the problem. Midtown, this is why we drive driving move. through
3: Midtown. And I see people I see people wearing like donning Hawks jerseys. I see people uh, uh, like, getting hype for the for this on Twitter and social media. And I see fans who are not really Hawks fans who aren't really vocal, who are like getting excited about it. And it's just it, I just feel that energy. And I think I hope Max is right. I just but I, I kind of agree. I I I. I don't know. We've never played the Knicks before, so it's like when they when they come to Atlanta, I, they travel in force, and uh, it's, I don't know. I don't know. I'm worried. I'm worried that we're gonna have more Knicks fans, like you said. But for some reason, I just have this this gut feeling that Atlanta's gonna show up.
1: I gotta I'm right? So too. I think it will be, but also that'd be kind of a cool uh, side by side. But it's also just the difference, and it's not really Atlanta's fault that we've a lot of transplants. But like, I uh, I don't know. It's just different. So when I saw certain atlanta people and radio broadcasters and things like that going after it like hyping up that stuff i'm like well uh, you have to at least acknowledge the difference like we've been to atlanta hawks games when they matter and we've been to nick or we've seen nicks games when they matter like it's just different like we don't have to pretend that it's not different like that's part of it i get now openly oh, it's, rooting it's is a national different. broadcast where you're trying to present it as a non-bias that you don't want the Knicks to move on mm-hmm. that is a different conversation altogether but the experience and the atmosphere is night and day. And to pretend that it's not and that basketball is not more fun in New York in the playoffs is silly. Like, it's just being intellectually dishonest. And that has driven me nuts. Where it's like, we can go after Knicks fans and go after the Knicks and go after uh, the NBA wanting to push through the Knicks to the second round to get Philly, New York. But like, it, it, the difference is, it's still amazing to see that msg was rocking the way it was it, it's just different yeah. Trey, just as
3: a sports trey. fan yeah as a sports fan you have trey balling out getting getting crapped on by by 30 000 knicks fans right
1: hawks fans are doing that to julius Randle tonight That's not happening they're not no. all chanting and doing pre-planned chants and everything they're not camping out state farm arena tonight it's as corny as sporting. those were those those chants are so corny they were corny trey but i'm saying they're orchestrated dude. like there's you no know hawks what's even fans cornier? orchestrating this how
2: how is no one talking about the fact that they had to hand out a piece of paper to, yeah. to determine so the chance? stupid. That was so. I mean, stupid. also, I'm,
3: balding. I'm balding. You. When
2: you have a crowd, when you have a crowd yelling "balding," it sounds like balling.
3: Sounds too. like balling. Yeah. <laughs> so stupid. Who came up with that?
2: Yeah, I'm. Know. I'm with you, Chase. I agree. Like the Knicks fans are absolutely insane. They won one playoff game and left the arena chanting, "We want, we want Brooklyn." Like, yeah. they're they're crazy. Like they're nuts. Stupid. But but that also doesn't. Like, that's, that's the case with every – like, the Knicks-Madison Square Garden for a playoff game that matters is a singular experience in sports. And so to say, like, oh, like, Atlanta's going to be the same way is dumb. But yeah. I also – I just I, – I really just, like, have this feel – the Hawks fans have always surprised us in the playoffs in Phillips um, with kind of sneaky, fun crowds. And I really feel like tonight's going to be one of them.
1: I, I, hope, I so. hope so. I hope oh, so. Jinx, jinx, jinx. Um <laughs> The Falcons, there is a report that uh, they might get a first round pick out of Julio. Is that uh, some, fo- the, some Fox, some Falcons people putting it out there that, hey, we have some offers for first. Uh, if you want to go after Julio Jones. Um, do you buy that the Falcons have a first round offer on the table, uh, Max?
2: Um, I don't know if I buy it because I feel like they would have kind of just hopped on that right away, right? Um, a 32 year old overpaid, not overpaid, but highly paid uh, receiver, um, doesn't really fetch a first-round pick normally. But I did watch the interview with Diana Rossini, who, who's the one who reported that they got a first on the table, um, which, by the way, said a future first, which does not does not indicate what year. Um, but she said that it didn't come from the Hawks. Like, that information didn't come from the Hawks on her end. It came from – or not the Hawks, God, the Falcons. Um, it came from another team um, who said, you know – they have one on the table, and so the price is too high for us, which is interesting. Because um, you would, you know, you read that report and you think, "All right, the Falcons floated it because that's what they want, and they're just wait till they get it." Um, but I don't know. I, I I don't know. I could see it. I think the market is pretty robust for them. There seem to be a lot of teams who are interested, and if one of those, like you know, late first teams—Baltimore, New England, Kansas City, whatever—want to throw a late first at us. Um, to get Julio Jones and possibly win the Super Bowl, I could see that making sense for both teams.
1: Hmm. Garrett, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I mean, they're just trying to get a
3: bidding war going. I mean, it's Julio Jones we're talking about here. We're talking about the best wide receiver of the last decade, a guy who still is capable of of putting up monster numbers, who changes a team and a roster just by his sheer presence. I mean, look, if if you're the Baltimore Ravens and you're not willing to trade a potential... Uh, a future first round pick for julio jones you're out of your damn mind like that julio jones makes you a favorite for the super bowl automatically period end of story but and look and and that turns into what the 32nd pick and at the worst it's like 30 31st or something like that what you're not going to trade that for julio jones i mean we had steve on who's uh from nfl network on on earlier this week and look salary cap who gets a who gets a hell? I, I, who cares? <laughs> they, they, they're going to be able to uh, adjust. He, he's with the Rams. Uh, he's seen a lot of the things that the Rams have done. They just pick up and move pieces around and they adjust. And and look, the salary cap can be adjusted. Like they will they will make it fit. They'll make it work. And it's Julio Jones we're talking about here. Like he's he is a perennial a, a Pro Bowler, an All Pro. I, I, like this guy is a stud. And the, the Atlanta Falcons are really going to miss him. I'm going to miss him. The, the city of Atlanta is going to miss him. And she's going to make some team very happy. And, and look,
2: I'm, I'm sure teams will be lining up to send a first-round pick to Julio, to the Atlanta Falcons for Julio Jones. Can, can I just say I love Julio Jones? I will miss Julio <laughs> Jones on the Falcons dearly. He He's probably the best player in franchise history. I would not trade a first-round pick for Julio Jones right now. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know I then you're not first. gonna get him.
1: I would then you're first. not gonna get him.
2: That's the thing, because some team is gonna trade a first round. That's fine. Pick. I, I wouldn't if I'm the if I'm Baltimore, if I'm New England, whatever. Maybe, maybe you could talk me in if I'm Kansas City. I, I just wouldn't do it. I think I think he's closer that to future, retirement, honestly, than people think. Yeah. Is that
3: future first round pick gonna win
2: you a Super Bowl this year? No, I mean, it's not. I I, I don't I, I don't see how that happens. You could you could you could talk me into it, but I, I just don't think Julio Jones is what we making him out to be anymore because it's like I, I would love to get sort of his snap counts the last year or even two years because it's like okay he played nine games last year how many of those nine games was he on the sidelines on a big third down um you know sitting out an entire series getting his hamstring worked like i love him and when he's on the field he's still really good um and maybe not 100 percent of what he used to be but like that's still one of the five ten best receivers in the league but if you look at who gets a, like what receivers in NFL history have fetched first round picks, it is like only, only elite receivers in their prime. Um, and like the most recent example we have is Stephon Diggs, right? He is, he's one of the three to five best receivers in the league. He is in the peak of his prime. And if Julio Jones was being traded in the peak of his prime, he would have fetched more than a first round pick, but he's 32 and has had injury issues for years. Um, and is not exactly a bargain. Um, and I just don't think I would do it. Like I don't think I don't think a receiver puts any team over the top of the Super Bowl. And I definitely don't think Baltimore with that scheme. But that's a different discussion. No, there's just the the first one that popped into my head. Yeah, yeah. no, I, New England. You know, you could talk me there. I I I, I do like that fit. But see, like, him, you see, I don't, you do you see him in, in Green Julio Bay? You're
1: like, I'm out of there, and you're like, let me go play with the the corpse of Cam Newton. I don't understand that line of thinking at you're, all. You're like, playing with
2: Mac. You're playing with Mac Jones. I, I don't. <laughs> <think> so. <laughs>
1: I mean yeah. I think No Mac, Mac Jones will, will take that job. Mac I don't Jones think week one job. Mac Jones is under center. No, no. It'll be
3: mid season. It'll be a mid season change.
2: I don't know. You're, tra- been a you're, lot. you're trading for Julio. You're trading for Julio because he's gonna you know well, you the want the problem to with that, rack up hundred fifty yards. To Mac championship.
1: Makes no sense because of the install difference, like the kind of offense that the Pats will have to run with Mac Jones versus the offense they are going to run and what they ran last year with Cam is a completely different playbook i don't see how they just flip that in one week and then i I don't understand how that would work at all i I think if you if mac's the starter he has to start right away and if cam's a starter he has to start the full season i don't see how that makes any sense to flip two completely different quarterbacks and two completely different playbooks i don't think you can do that i don't think the installs work that way in uh, football i think it would just be too much to flip it like that um I just don't understand like the team the the Julio carrot is for the teams like the Packers. Like, you know, your quarterback's pissed off. You know that they want some more help. Julio's just sitting there. Like he's just right there. Like you've used first round picks on uh, everything, but a Julio Jones type. Um, I just, I don't know why you don't just go all in. Like if you're the Seahawks, Wilson unhappy, just trade for him. Who cares? Like you gave up a bunch of assets for a safety last year, and Jamal Adams. Who cares? Just do it. Like, if you're a team that has an all-time great first bout Hall of Fame quarterback and they're not happy and there's a, whole, a disgruntled Julio Jones out there, even if he doesn't play enough snaps to make it worthwhile, will it make your quarterback worthwhile? Will he be happy that you, you threw uh threw a dart at the dartboard? Then, yeah, go do it. But, like, the Titans, like, what? Go play with Ryan Tannehill. Go play with Cam Newton. Don't even have
2: Arthur Smith there. <laughs>
1: like, I just don't understand that I love of the
2: I love the Titans fit. <laughs> I'm just Why?
1: Are we betting I on feel- Ryan Tannehill still being good three yes, years in a row? Yes.
2: Yes, okay. I'm betting on Ryan it'll still be good. He's been one of the best quarterbacks in the league the last few years. All
1: right, well, he doesn't have Arthur, yeah, Smith Ar- Arthur Smith Yeah, <laughs> Arthur Smith <laughs>
2: is his yeah. offensive coordinator. Yes. You think they're just going to abandon that system? No. It's, it's, well, I mean, eventually it's, it's going to no.
1: rot. Like, eventually Derrick Henry is not going to be the bulldozing just freak of nature. Right, like we and know. Then, you got
2: A- then you got A.J. Brown and Julio Jones on the outside.
3: Ooh. I mean, well, I mean, Julio Jones makes any team in the NFL better immediately. Could you imagine? I mean, if you I
1: don't know if he makes yes! everyone. Are you kidding? Yes. I don't Who? I think it's hard Who to does make. does he the,
3: not make better?
1: I, come on. I think they're still on. the favorite with or without You're
3: telling game. me, but you're still No, no, but that, that's fine. That's not what you're saying. That's not what I'm saying. Well, What, what I'm, I'm saying, saying is like I don't, don't know if they're better. better.
1: Like I think of course they're, they're better. I don't know. That's ridiculous. I, <laughs> I think they're just more I just want to
2: watch an offense with with Tyreek Hill, Julio Jones, and Travis Kelsey with Mahomes throwing the ball. Like I
3: just want to
1: see that i don't that sounds terrifying i want to see (laughs) julio jones and calvin ridley and a kyle that's
3: exactly what i want to see with matt ryan throwing the ball
1: man matt ryan should step in here and be like no screw this like you didn't hit like you took kyle pitts we kept uh julio you didn't take a quarterback because you wanted to run it back and see what happened this year like (sighs) <sighs> I don't know. I feel like I'm going to be on vacation next week and I'm going to get the, the update that uh, he's, he's we'll, going to be traded next week. So yeah, this, congrats. This, uh, I,
3: uh, well, according to Steve Weiss, I mean, they, this, they, the, the Falcons are perfectly comfortable waiting until training camp. I don't think that happens, and but it's it uglier. Yeah. Cause then, it, cause then you're going to get, Oh God, the news won't stop for the next yeah. couple of and months.
1: And just a distraction all summer.
3: Yeah. And I, I think that, I think the Falcons just need to go ahead and do it and, and just yeah. rip off the band aid and,
1: want to he's the best Green falcon Bay. of all time is he the best falcon of all time
3: yeah he is he is matt, the most, ryan. matt ryan matt ryan is the most significant he is the most important um well, we julio is the, the, most the talented yes he and deon sanders but I, I don't give i mean i give i didn't watch him play i don't give deon sanders probably enough credit but he, look the guy was here for what four or five years and then left for, for san francisco I can't. I can't compare him to Julio Jones. Julio Jones is
2: by far and away the most, the, the best Falcon and uh, the most talented Falcon in NFL the list, Falcon's history. The list of all time great Falcons is kind of embarrassingly small. Yeah, so, yes. uh, you know,
1: well, Matt Ryan I'm and Julio Jones might Dunn be one game Work done's got to oh, be in the conversation. I
2: like Work done, but he was better. I love than... Work done, but there's no compare, There's no comparing no, him. With no. no. Michael
1: Turner no. actually is sneaky up there. Michael Turner almost was a bell cow back for a Super Bowl team. I he was I think more important than Matt Ryan that year uh, where they lost to the Packers. Michael Turner is like the forgotten. 2012. Uh, yeah. He doesn't get he hurt
3: significant. Yeah. Well,
1: yeah. he doesn't get hurt. That's a different season. It's a different season. Michael Turner was amazing. He was so much. He fun Roddy, Roddy White Michael.
3: got held. So. That's um, all matters. Yeah, he absolutely bad. got held. God. Oh, you just reminded me of that.
2: <laughs> God. <laughs>
1: Uh quickly, quickly, because Max has got to hit the road and the balls are playing uh Bama um, in the SEC tournament. Uh the Braves, very quickly. Azuna's out for a while. Drew Waters is I didn't realize his strikeout rate is like over 30% at triple A. Um They have an outfield problem. They have an injury problem. The rotation, I think, is starting to figure a lot of stuff out. Morton's a lot better. Freed's getting low contact. And Thankfully. I shouldn't say thankfully. That's bad taste. Um, coincidentally, Mets are also getting hurt, and the Mets are also trying not to win the NL East. Um, do we believe, guys, that anyone wants to win the NL East this season?
3: Well, Austin Riley certain, certainly does. Ronald <laughs> those two Those two guys are playing out of their damn mind. Do I have, have you two on board finally with Austin Riley? I've been hovering around the board. I'm, I'm hovering I'm, I'm still.
1: I want to see, like, give me the I'm rest hovering. of the summer. Give me the rest of the summer.
3: All right. All right. I'll give you the rest of the summer. At the end of the season, I, I have a buddy, I have a, I have a, a dear friend of mine. He was like a diehard Braves fan. He has been crapping all over Austin Riley for the better part of like two years. Mm. And God, I friends, ah, just... but sure. <laughs> but he's. No, even, but it's like it's just so refreshing to see Austin Riley and the way he's playing. But I mean, look, the NL East, this this series this weekend, we have the we're playing that other that nasty team. We talked about the Knicks a lot, but we're playing that nasty team up up in New York. Um, and look, the, this is a critical series because, I mean, I not the Braves take the lead in the NL East this weekend.
1: Yes, I think they're two and a half back. Yeah,
3: look, if, if the Atlanta teams win both win two games this weekend, I think I would be over the damn moon. <laughs> Let's put it that way. That'd be it's hu- amazing it's huge the Nationals weekend. are
1: only four games back of first place.
3: I, th- I think the NL is just trying to figure a lot of things out, and I think they will. I, 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 there's going to be a month, be it August, July, August, September, where just one of these teams just sort of figures it out and goes mm-hmm. on a run, like in a major run. And I, I, I'm waiting for that to happen. Uh, someone's going to do it. And I hope it's the Braves. I hope it's the Braves. My confidence has dwindled a little bit because this team just cannot stay healthy. And it's not even that. It's that the Braves have lost significant contributors, too. So I, I, I want this team to be healthy. If they're healthy, it they could be the Braves. I think they're going to make some acquisitions sooner rather than later. <sighs> I don't know. I mean, I, I, my, my confidence has Kyle dwindled Wright a little and bit. Bryce Wilson.
1: we got to move on from this experiment. we got to move on. Maybe not Bryce, but Kyle Wright's got to go. It's over. It's not going to happen. He's 25 it's gonna he needs to a reset.
3: He needs a reset.
1: Yeah, he it it, it he needs to get Colby Allard. Like it, it's time to move forward on that. Drew Smiley, eight starts, six point four three FIP. That's I think. How many more starts can you throw out there with him? I, I just at certain point. Well, he played. He played
3: out of his damn mind uh, up in Boston the other day, and uh, what was that? Wednesday, Thursday, mm. or no Wednesday? It was Wednesday, and he had a great game yeah and then all of a sudden i think he had a two hitter going into the sixth inning and then all of a sudden he just dumps four runs on the board
1: you just can't rely on him like you gotta <laughs> you gotta address that um what sucks is I i would have been really comfortable if we had soroka anderson morton you know uh and um uh where oh tucker davidson give me tucker davidson and i'm good <laughs> like tucker davidson i think is solid like he's a solid number five i think he's actually someone i would keep around i i liked what i saw from him um I don't know, but uh Pache and the issues there in center. Like I now you have Ozuna gone. They've gotta do something. I think Alex Anthopoulos knows at this point that he's uh he's gotta make it a he's gotta make a move there. He's gotta have somebody to protect Freddie behind him. And I don't know who it's gonna be. Is there a name that stands out to you guys? I wish Mancini was a good uh good fielder because he would make so much sense here in Atlanta for uh this season. But um is there a name on the outfield that the Braves could give Kyle Wright and other pieces for right now? Mm. Mm.
3: Good question. I'm thinking. I'm thinking about it. Um, I'm just trying to think of who, the, who the
1: sellers would be. Oh, we're going to have some sellers.
3: Oh, no, 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 no. But that's the thing. It's it's still May. It's, it, well, it's essentially June at this point. And...
1: Uh, I would say the Pirates. Go ahead and lock them in as sellers. <laughs> I would you want say... To, who do you want
3: from the Pirates, though? That's the thing. Like, I... There's so many teams that I, I, I just look around and I just. The I Twins think. might be sellers.
1: I think that's the most appetizing. Get Kepler in there. I would go and call. The what if we NBA. trade it
3: for like Josh Tom or Josh Donaldson? Bring him back.
1: No, I don't think. No,
2: <laughs> no, 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 no. You no, can't. No. You can't break up the Austin Riley bandwagon.
1: No, I mean Donaldson is a DH though. If we had the universal DH yeah, this year, yeah, yeah, that would that would yeah. be pretty
2: sick. Because Austin Riley's playing damn near elite Gold Glove defense right now. Do you know that Austin Riley has a has a 1.9 WAR, which is higher than ronald acuna mm.
3: yeah he had a negative
2: war at the, the first couple That's weeks of the season
3: unbelievable he went from a negative war and then just in the month of may he he just ex- exploded and he has the 10th best uh ops i think in, in major league baseball now just from
1: the month of may basically mm. there you go uh are you guys going to or i guess max won't be there but Garrett, are you going to the game tonight
3: I am not. I have a stacked weekend. I gotta, I gotta do show prep for for the weekend. I gotta, I got two two shows plus Atlanta United and the Atlanta Hawks. A show on Monday too. God, I'm busy.
1: <laughs> there you go. That's good though. That's good um, for that guy down there in Atlanta, Georgia. Temporarily, the number two of this podcast, the number two co-host, Max Markovich, for the number one <laughs> for another week. Shout out to Garrett Chapman for working A-o. hard. Putting the podcast first, as everyone should, <laughs> theoretically. Thank Man. you, guys. We'll be back Brutal. after a week off from vacation. It's, it's going to be good. I'm going to come back tan, like, as a naturally fair-skinned guy. I'm, I'm going to come back super dark. It's going to be great. I'm going to be tanned <laughs> out. It's going to be awesome. Love it. What could go wrong?
2: <laughs> we'll be back to recap the Hawks hawk sweep of the Sixers. <laughs>
1: will it be that long? All right, bye. hey <laughs> Will that be that long now i gotta look at no it. What's no probably schedule?
2: not it, it'd probably be a preview
1: where is is there a schedule for the rest of the series let me look this up uh mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We, got we play one o'clock on monday yeah no sunday. Or sunday
3: sunday sunday sunday
1: at one wednesday game five man this series is going to go for at least another week probably it's a long series hawks and six Hawks and 6. Uh, that was my original
2: that was my original bet. Uh, we, damn, we damn sure aren't winning game 7, so better be 6. Hell no, yeah, it better be 6. I
1: don't know. I kind of would love game 7. I think that'd be amazing. I think game 7. God, would
2: be could great. you imagine Madison's all the, Oh
1: my god, Madison Square Garden. I think that'd be <laughs> We're losing awesome game 7
2: by, by 20. If, if that happens, I just I just want to put that out there.
1: Oh, okay. Max Not
2: Young, Young would drop 45 points. Oh man, this is unbelievable.
3: Could you imagine? five points
1: in 35 minutes? Seems unlikely. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns.